Welcome back to the BodyWise podcast. My name is Ellen Jennings and I'm the Communications Officer at BodyWise. In this episode, I speak to Claire Austick, President of the Union of Students in Ireland, about mental health and third level students. Welcome to the podcast, Claire. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself and your role? Yeah, absolutely. So I would have been involved in student movement for the last four years. So I began my journey in NEY Galway Students' Union as a class rep. And then I went on to being the part-time equality officer and then the vice president for welfare and equality and president of NUI GSU. And then I went on to being the vice president for welfare with the Union of Students in Ireland. And then this year, president of USI. And over the last couple of years, my passion for body positivity and mental health grew because I've seen how many people it's impacted. But a bit about USI, so we're the national representative body for over 374,000 students across the island of Ireland, both north and south. We run awareness campaigns, lobby for policy development and implementation, we provide information to students and we try to ensure that they have the best, most meaningful and effective college experience possible. So this year we've coordinated different campaigns around mental health, around access to education. It's been a more of a transition year for students going back to to college campus seeing as they would have been studying at home in their bedrooms in the kitchen over the last 18 months so we're really really happy that students are back on campus that they're able to engage and that they they can build the friendships and, and try and have the best college experience possible seeing as it's one of the best years in someone's life yeah it's really important work that you're doing there and um, I suppose in the past year there's been a lot of change with the pandemic and as you said working from home so that mm. transition back is probably something that people might struggle with So last year at Eating Disorder Awareness Week, you did a talk about body image issues at third level. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, first of all, body image affects all of us. I think the journey to self-acceptance and self-love isn't linear. It's different for everyone. Many students might feel under pressure to go to the gym or eat a certain way, particularly for students living away from home for the first time, um, not having their um, family members cook for them or, you know, having to live on a tight budget. And so even making those decisions to see, you know, how can they best and healthily feed themselves? And sometimes that can lead to weight gain or weight loss. And that can be um, a change for someone. So I suppose over the last couple of months, students would have, you know, found pressure by being on Zoom meetings, having to have the camera on, or even with lockdown, not being able to access the gym, there would have been huge changes and in people's lifestyles and that could have um, impacted someone's um, body image as well. So going forward, I think it's really important that we run awareness campaigns and theme weeks to um, show that, you know, your value isn't dependent on your body um, or your body weight and that it changes throughout your lifetime. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's important to, to have organisations such as BodyWise. Absolutely. As you said, with the, the cameras and that kind of change in environment, these different things coming up for people that mightn't have come up before are coming up in a different way. Having that support there is is so important. So then in terms of mental health in general, what kind of effect do you think the pandemic has had or have you seen any kind of changes with the students that you're supporting at the moment? Yes, I think, um, first of all, the government would have allocated some financial support to students for mental health and well-being, which was certainly welcomed. But what we would have seen, the support services have moved online. A lot of colleges would have had counselling services move online to support students. But for us, we always think there needs to be more in terms of investment, resourcing, staffing measures. 
um, and now coming back to the college um, some of the services have remained online whereas we want students to be able to meet um, their support service wherever they're at whether it's at home whether it's a phone call whether it's a zoom meeting um, and just allowing that flexibility and being accommodating because everyone avails the support in a different way some prefer to talk about something some prefer to see the person on the other end for some it might be you know anxiety inducing to go in to meet the person way outside the door so an online zoom would work a lot better so there certainly are many supports in, in third level campuses at the moment for students but we will always lobby to, to have more that's something that we've heard that transition to telehealth and how that's brought up different challenges for people like privacy in their home do they have a, a space that they can go to to talk openly and then as you said maybe the meeting in person might be the part that's kind of anxiety inducing for them. So it's just that transition and it's a change. And in some ways, there's some positives, I suppose, that have come out of it in terms of being able to access support. I'm wondering if you've heard of any projects and things that people might be working on that are to do with body image or mental health. Yeah, loads. Um, so I actually know that there's a, a few people involved with even like the Body Wise Youth Panel um, and even being on the advisory group or participating in different panel discussions and talks. So I think over the last 10 years, even we've seen a huge shift in how we think about mental health, how we talk about mental health um, and how we act on our mental health. So, you know, it, it's still part of a journey for some people and being able to understand that similar to our physical health, our mental health fluctuates and different things that happen on a daily basis, our interactions, our environment, um, our work, our personal life, all impacts on how we feel. So I think over the last couple of years with awareness campaigns, information sharing and, and, and telling people that it's OK to have a, an off day or not to feel great the whole time. Um, we're human beings it's impossible to feel 100% and happy all the time if you think about how demanding and stressful and highly pressurized our life can be at times so I definitely think that people are more open to asking how people are talking about their feelings but obviously we still need to do a lot more some people might feel comfortable about it and have, have kind of learned that there are support services out there that they can avail of whereas others still might feel a bit closed around it and, and are a bit fearful or worried what people will think of them if they do try to open up so I think there certainly has been a shift over the last while but we still have a long way to go to ensure that everyone feels supported that they can talk about how they are um, and removing the stigma as well because mental health difficulties can arise at any time completely unannounced um, over a period of time and as a result of many different things so it's important to, to understand that and, and be kind to yourself but also each other and something that I always I suppose advocate for is that if you're in a situation and you're very hard on yourself what would you say to your friend in that situation if you were talking to a friend or a loved one you'd be a lot more compassionate and that compassion should be afforded to yourself as well I love that that's a really really important piece and something that we talked to Kira Mahan in the Youth Mental Health Lab and she touched on that as well about self-compassion and offering yourself that same level of kindness as you would a friend, as you said there, talking mm -hmm. to a friend, you, you wouldn't be as harsh as you are often on yourself. So that's a really important point, I think. Moving on then to a little bit of research, the My World survey too. Within that study, it suggested that there'd been an increase in anxiety and depression among young adults in the past number of years. And I'm just wondering if that's something that you've heard and what you think might be kind of contributing to that. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think over a period of time, I think 
many people will experience um, anxiety or depression and um, it really is dependent on how long that someone experiences it for but young people and students in particular at times develop anxiety and depression at third level um, and that's because of many different things it could be as a result of transition from secondary school to third level education or having taken a year out and then going back to study someone who might have a family and it's taking time out to work who's going back level and it's, it's that transition period as well but also moving away from home for the first time having to pay rent many students work part-time jobs or sometimes full-time jobs in some incidences because the cost of college is just so high and many have to to work part-time jobs to fund themselves through college the demands of third level education all the assignments all the pressure and um, the pressure but also to fit in and make friends and have the best time of your life because everyone talks about the college experience is the best time of your life and for some if you're not feeling it some might then think that it's reflection on themselves that something's wrong with them why aren't they sitting in so it's, it's many different things third level education is certainly a great opportunity to, to try new things and make new friends but it can also be difficult overwhelming and we are fully aware of the stress and the pressure that people are put under um i think the, the kind of piece on like body image as well you know when many people who are in third level will be around 18 to 24 it's kind of the, the usual age range but there's also mature students and, and so on but the, the body that you have at that age might not be the same as you would have had um, when you're a teenager or younger. So even accepting that your body changes over a period of time by getting older, by your metabolism, metabolism changing, by the different diets that we might have, the, the food that we eat. So, so I think it's a, a combination of a lots of different things. But I think it's important to recognize that third level is, is fantastic and it's a great opportunity for many different things. But it's also stressful and it's okay to have you know bad days as well. It's that kind of transitional period in your life. And it's at those times that we, we find that there's more thoughts around your body, as you said, your body changing and trying to kind of accept that. So within that study, there was a piece on time spent online and the link to higher levels of anxiety and depression and lower body esteem. So mm. with the online environment, we've heard before that there's both positives and negatives to that. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are around that and if there's anything about that environment that could be changed to better support someone's body image. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and I think a lot of um, people's insecurities stem from social media or seeing things on social media I think it goes without saying that social media isn't always the way it appears to be. It's, it's not a real um, environment. And many people who upload photos, they're edited or they're photoshopped and the lighting has changed. And people will usually always post photos that make them look good rather than always highlighting maybe some photos that were taken beforehand or changed or altered. So many people know that the in their heads the the worst version of themselves are perceived to be the flaws of themselves and then they often compare that to someone's best version that they see online so i think social media can be a huge issue for many people particularly um with covid seeing as that was really the only platform to have connections and talk to people and have that communication and see what was happening in the world because we weren't able to be on campuses or meet up with large groups or go to different events and activities so a lot of time was then concentrated on the online environment that isn't always a true accurate reflection of what life is or what someone's daily life is like. Um, so it's easy to, to compare um, and identify, you know, maybe why someone has a better in their mind lifestyle than their own, um, why someone looks a certain way than yourself. So it's, it's, it can be a quite negative and toxic environment. 
Um, and I think it's great that there are some social media stars or influencers that will kind of showcase this was a before photo, this is an edited, or this is what it looks like behind the scenes, or yes, I post photos of myself being happy, but I also deal with depression behind the scenes. Um, and I think we need more of that because a lot of people will put on, on a mask or they will portray their life to be as perfect as we desire. But in reality, it isn't always like that. So I think we just have to be open and real and honest and have conversations and say, yes, I had a fun time and this is a photo that captures it. But also I experienced sad days or I might be stressed or the morning before I even got ready and uploaded a pretty photo, I was struggling with X, Y and Z. So it's yes, you can showcase the, the good things in your life, but you also can showcase that it's not always like that. It's not always picture perfect, uh, as some people might say on social media, but that, that they're also the, the kind of bad elements in your day. And then just showing that, that everyone has similar experiences and then that that's OK. Absolutely. And I think across different platforms, there's kind of a different experience around that. I know that with TikTok mm. now, it's kind of a different era of sharing your life in kind of a different way and with that it brings both positives and negatives like there, I suppose it's more in some ways more realistic because it's showing the person's real life but then in a video but then it's also the filters that they're using and then you know the different topics that are coming up we're hearing a lot about like say what I eat in a day and different kind of things mm -hmm. that could be damaging to someone who might be at risk of an eating disorder so mm -hmm. it's just kind of weighing up those negatives and positives and what we've talked about before is like where does that responsibility lie in protecting people is it with you know between the companies that are running the platforms the government is it the person themselves to have disclaimers on these images that might mm -hmm. raise awareness but then mm -hmm. you know not everyone's going to take that in the same way so it's kind of weighing up that as well I think it's a difficult space at the mm -hmm. moment then in terms of different appearance altering strategies this was also mentioned in in that survey and the link to lower body esteem so things like bulking up is something we might hear losing and gaining weight by means of dieting and exercise and there just seems that there's a lot of pressure on people and the way their body looks mm. in today's society so I wonder do you have any tips for students who might want to kind of improve their self-esteem but kind of getting away from that feeling of wanting mm -hmm. to alter their appearance yeah absolutely I think ultimately the the kind of self-acceptance and self-love has to come from within you can you can do as many things as you want to try and alter your appearance but if you're not happy with yourself then regardless of how your appearance changes over time I, I don't think you'll ever fully reach fulfillment or happiness personally speaking um I would have had um, an eating disorder I, I had bulimia when I was in college developed it in second year and had it for two or three years and even when in my mind, I looked skinnier, or I was slimmer, I still wasn't happy because I, it was how I felt about myself rather than my overall appearance. But that was just um, a symptom of, of how I felt about it all. So I think I think just trying to look at ways and how you're comfortable with yourself. What are the good things that you like about yourself? Focusing on what makes you you. Is it the things that you like? Is it the things that you engage in? Is it how your friends perceive you? Is it because you're funny or you're positive, you're optimistic? And you're good fun, you're kind, you're caring, you're compassionate, um, you, you, you're active in, in the world because you want to see meaningful change in a different area. Um, and those are the, the main things that I think we all should be focusing on. It's, it's what makes us who we are rather than how we look. 
ultimately the the connections that we have the friendships that we build how we treat other people how we treat ourselves our loved ones is is in my mind what I think should be focused on so looking at the the positive things about um, your character your personality what are you comfortable with and then I suppose if there's things that you're really unhappy with just trying to to accept yourself and, and recognize what is going well in your life what isn't um going well in your life what can that be changed and what can that um, be supported in any way um and then always if, if it gets to a stage where um it's more difficult or you're, you're becoming overwhelmed in situations reaching out for support services because sometimes um you can't always do it by yourself or with a friend by your side so when when you think it's getting to a stage where professional support might be helpful to intervene or to support you through your journey then even taking the first step and booking an appointment or having a phone call or ringing a helpline um, or even talking to a friend or family member to try and get you support as well. But just knowing that um, we all experience difficulties in our life. We all experience self-doubt um, or uncomfortable with ourselves at different times. There might be one day where you feel absolutely incredible in yourself, but then you wake up the next morning and you just feel horrific <laughs> um so just understanding that um it's, it's natural um our emotions our feelings they fluctuate over time with different things that happen to us and it's across the board no one has as a picture perfect life and just understanding that but i think ultimately focusing on what makes you, you the things that um people really celebrate about you and and, and that show, showcases who you are as a person not what you look like yeah, I think that's really important, everything you've touched on there. And as you said, that focus on appearance is a symptom of what really is going on for the person. And like we'll always say, it's about the feelings that are going on underneath that. So if you can kind of get in touch with those feelings and come up with coping mechanisms and ways to cope without using food or your appearance as that control aspect and thank you for sharing your your own personal experience as well. I think that's so important mm. to raise awareness around that as well. So then in terms of coping strategies, some things that were mentioned within the survey were friends, music, sport and exercise. So I'm wondering how could someone know if their relationship with sport and exercise is a healthy relationship or when it might be leaning towards being more harmful? So I think, you know, focusing on how you feel if you decide to go for a walk, get some fresh air or move your body in a way that makes you feel good, playing a sport that you really enjoy. So if you're focusing on the, the aspect that makes you happy and brings you happiness and it's about how you feel and improving your mood rather than focusing on this activity is going to make me you know, lose weight or gain weight, or if you're focusing on how that relates to what it's going to potentially do to your appearance, that's where it might become, you know, more of a negative focus um, on your relating the activity to your appearance rather than the activity and how it makes you feel in the moment and after doing that activity. So if, if you're engaging in sports or activities because you're, it makes you feel good and you feel great afterwards, that's really, really positive. Whereas if you're maybe leaning towards thinking about this is going to impact on how I look after a period of time that might be leaning more towards a negative aspect. Yeah, I think that's important to touch on doing things and exercises that you enjoy, maybe thinking back to when you were younger and before maybe things started to change for you, what did you enjoy? What brought you joy, you know, outside of those appearance altering behaviours? 
Some more research that we had a look at by the Union of Students in Ireland with Price and Smith in 2018, mental health and disability at third level. Findings from the studies suggested that three quarters of reported disabilities were mental health difficulties and over a third said that it affected them often. But less than half of the students with disabilities used the student counselling services to support their mental health. So I'm wondering, in your opinion, why do you think students might have been reluctant to use the counselling services? And for someone who mightn't be sure about going to counselling or doesn't know if it's for them, what else can they kind of do to support their mental health? Again, I think it's um, a combination of a couple of things. I think, first of all, people think, or a lot of people would be of the mindset that counselling who are um, severely depressed or have severe anxiety or are are really, really struggling where they might not see themselves as that. And a lot of people might not want to then take a space from someone who they perceive to be in a worse situation as themselves. I think everyone is aware that the counselling services and third level education are understaffed and resourced and funded. And many people might think, oh, if I go, I might be taking a space from someone else who might need it more than I do. Whereas in reality, anything that's going on that you need support with is valuable um, and valid. And regardless if you're struggling with an issue that's just arisen, if it's exam stress, if it's a bereavement, if it's around your mental health, if it's depression, anxiety, whatever it is, it's it's important that um, you can still get the support that you need. No problem is too big or too small and the counselling services are there to support you wherever you're at in your own mental health journey. So I think that's definitely one of the the kind of factors. I think some people who maybe have never gone to counselling and an issue that's only kind of risen at third level when they started going to college, they, they might feel unsure or they don't know what it's like or the kind of fear of doing something that you've never done before. So I think a few things that can help, first of all, is maybe talking to a friend or to a family member um, and starting that conversation, being able to recognize that maybe there's an issue that might need support and, and for you to, to be looked after and, and to, you know, take care of yourself. And then even go to the counseling services with a friend or be accompanied by someone that you trust um, to make the journey just a little bit easier. And if someone really doesn't want to um, attend a counselling session because they might have had a a negative experience in the past or when they were younger or they just didn't vibe with the counsellor, then I think even just being open to the option of trying a different counselling service or a different counsellor, sometimes it takes a couple of sessions to get into it or it might take, you know, a couple of people to go to to see which one you really vibe with, somewhere with friendships and people you you meet um, at work or different places, there's some people you get on with better than others. And that's similar with the the kind of profession as well with counselling. So even just finding the approach that works for you, the people that you can kind of get along with and that you trust. There's so many support services out there, whether it's a peer-to-peer support, whether it's like a group session, whether it's a one-to-one, knowing what works for you. Do you prefer having like one-to-one space or would you prefer it to be in a place um, with your peers to talk about it? Would you prefer to just talking to a friend after something that's happened that makes you feel maybe a little bit low? Or is it a case that you want to do, um, you know, an online counselling service or look at different apps that are available that tracks your mood? It really kind of depends on the issue that it is, but also what you know works for you in terms of support. I think you've touched on some really important aspects there about trying different counsellors. 
that's something we hear a lot that it sometimes it takes a, a few tries to find someone that you click with and as you said it is the same with friendships with people at work and if you think of it in that way it kind of makes it easier to understand rather than mm. this is a professional that I should be able to connect with it's not necessarily the case for everyone and you touched there on a number of different supports that are available for students so is there any other supports that you wanted to raise um, or kind of tell people about? Yeah, so I think, again, depending on, on what the, the individual is looking for, but there's, you know, the counselling support services, there's also like disability support services on campus, there's the student services that also help with different things. So there's lots of different a range of services around mental health, but I think it's more so the method that people enjoy, if it's, you know, like a one-to-one on a phone call, a Zoom call, if it's a one-to-one in person. You can also use the 50808 text for support. So that's a texting service if people prefer texting rather than speaking. Group sessions, whether it's online, there's lots out there. Yeah, something for everyone. That's great. And then lastly, is there if there's anything else that you'd like to kind of add or say for anyone listening? Yeah, I think, and I always say this, but I think we all want to have, you know, a high quality life that brings us joy that brings us fulfillment where we get to experience lots of things that make us happy when connections and friendships and I think life is so beautiful there's so many options and opportunities for us to um, engage in but I think in order to be able to have the best life possible we really have to have that self-love and self-acceptance from within and I I think that doesn't always come easy it really takes time for some people to work on it Um, and even those who who accept themselves and love themselves have days where they might not feel like that so I think definitely being comfortable with yourself recognizing how unique and individual and great you are in your own way and celebrating your your positives and your strengths but also recognizing um, maybe some of your weaknesses but your weaknesses don't define you they're not bad it makes you who you are and I I think just celebrating who you are and, and trying to recognize and focus on the things that are great about yourself particularly with body image and you know how you feel about yourself and how that interlinks with your mental health your weight or the way your body looks again doesn't define who you are and I think very often we might focus on things that we perceive to be bad or negative about ourselves and no one might even pick up on it or think about it twice so I think if, if there are internal feelings of negativity or doubt or, you know, that are, that are constant and that are there in the back of your mind, just trying to even reflect and, and take them apart and see why do I feel about X this way or what's causing it or what's the root cause or can I maybe work on it or can I maybe see what's behind it? And, and just realizing that we all have negative days and good days and bad days, but it's how we deal with ourselves in those situations. So if there is maybe more of a, a negative bad day that you're kind to yourself, that you're compassionate, that you try and focus on something else that makes you feel good in the moment um, and then maybe come back to it after a day or two to see why, why did I feel this way about myself? Is there something else behind it? And if there are prolonged feelings of negativity or self-doubt or impacting on your your eating behavior your eating pattern um, or how you feel about yourself generally and if it's preventing you from engaging in things or doing things or even having fun um, then maybe realizing that it's time to get professional support but there are many supports out there that are there to help you to support you 
And I think everyone has their own journey in life, whether it comes to self-acceptance or body image, body positivity, and that's okay. And it's just taking one step at a time at your own pace and trying to, to focus on yourself and your lifestyle rather than anyone else's because, you know, what works for someone else might not work for you. So it really is just kind of focusing on yourself, knowing yourself, but also realizing that everyone is so unique and individual and beautiful in their own way and it's really just about you know making those connections having those friendships um, and just trying to have the best life possible absolutely Claire thank you so much what a lovely way to to wrap things up and finish off our conversation and I definitely learned a lot myself and I think everyone listening will learn a lot about the different supports available as well so thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us today brilliant thank you so much for having me If you've been affected by anything you've heard today, please know that our support services are available to you at any time. You can reach our email support at alex at bodywise.ie, A-L-E-X at B-O-D-Y-W-H-Y-S dot I-E. Our helpline can be reached at 01-210-7906. You'll find all other links in the show notes. Thanks for listening.